Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip, and they'll save you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit GuysTripLive.com and use the code FIT for an additional 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. Once again, everybody, welcome. We wish you the warmest and happiest Thanksgiving. We have three games on the NFL slate today slash tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to our show. We have a special Black Friday game featuring the Dolphins and Jets. I have a lot to be thankful for. One of them is the lovely doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Happy Thanksgiving, Tom. I, you know, I love the adjective lovely. I, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Joe. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you, my friend, very much. A lovely, lovely show we've got. Truly crunch time in the season. We're at, I guess, the, as Scott Hansen might say, the witching hour. The witching hour of the <laughs> NFL season. I guess not yet for NFL, but for fantasy football, we are getting into that time. Uh, big part of the season. Players, I guess, I mean, Tom, you could talk a little bit about it later, but I guess players start to break down a little bit. Um, you know, we, I guess, I feel like, you know, I don't know statistically based, but I, I feel like we start to see a lot more injuries or at least nagging injuries. But let's get to the bottom of it. We have a bunch of players to discuss today. We got some fun segments, um, a lot of injuries, a lot of buys, a lot of stuff to sort through. So let's dive in. Let's start with um, Devon Achan, and he has a knee injury. He's day-to-day. Talked about him last week, RB28, and I was telling everybody, man, fire him up, fire him up. But then again, I think he went out on like the second play of the game or something like that at two touches. But what's the verdict, and what can we expect from Achan this week? Well, unfortunately, very early in the game, as you mentioned, he aggravated that same injury. Uh, this time, not as bad, though. So we're hoping that he'll be able to play this week. He did practice a little bit on Wednesday, limited. But we got to keep in mind, this is a guy whose game is built on one thing, and that is speed, 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 and more speed. So with a nagging knee injury like this, there is the potential for it to slow him down a little bit. Probably not enough to render him ineffective, but we also have to consider this is his third injury this season alone that he's um, forced to miss some time with. And we know he's a smaller back, so you have to wonder, is Miami going to try to protect him a little bit over these next few weeks? They're they're thinking playoffs right now. They want their assets ready to go in the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see less carries, less touches for A-Chan. Still should be effective with those touches, though. So it's kind of a, a tricky area because you don't want to sit him because he's got the potential to take one touch to the house anytime. I just don't think we're going to see the volume that would warrant like another 40 point game like he did earlier this year. Fair enough. And absolutely explosive with the ball he's been, but yeah, I mean, all these injuries have been really unlucky and unlucky for fantasy owners who have started him again, at least last week with the two touches. Now this week, you know, we'll see how things go. He does play a jets defense, which is tough, but I found a little bit earlier, really interesting Jets actually ranked 30th in the league in rushing yards allowed. So that was interesting for such a stingy and tough defense. I guess they've had a couple of blow-up games in there. Now, 
if he doesn't go or if he's limited, um, you know, Mostert has been good. I mean, I think Mostert Tom is still like the RB two or something like that, but he's been declining in efficiency a little bit lately. Uh, you know, still having an incredible season. Um, and even last week after HM went down, Mostert still had 22 carries, uh, you know, Salvin Ahmed had three. That's really it. But Tom, if both are able to go, if you had your pick, I guess, of, of the crop or, or your preference, would you start Mostert or HM this week? If you, you know, depending on injury and of course, if he's going to play or not, who would you go with? I would take Mostert. He's been more reliable at staying on the field this year. And both of these guys who are guys who can run and catch Mostert's a little bit bigger. I think they would favor him in the red zone. And we've just seen him stay on the field more this year. All righty. And we'll see that as the classic Friday three o'clock football game. What a wild experience that's going to be. I'm really be. excited for it. I Because it's always inter- like Thanksgiving. Uh, usually, you know, most people have four days off. My company is actually open on Friday, which is insane. But I did take oh. the day off. I took the day off. So we're good. Um, but it's like you do all this football and eating on Thursday. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do Friday other than, I guess, get your Christmas tree? But you do that in the morning. Um, so it's like, all right, cool. Get back from getting the Christmas tree. Oh, great. There's football on. Let's go. It, it, it is a nice pick-me-up. I mean, I don't know how good this game's going to be. I think the Jets are something like 10-point underdogs. But you're right. You're hungover from just from the food, not even talking about drinking. Hungover from football. And then it's like, all right, like I need something to pick me up. And that's what it's going to be. Um, so that should way, be fun. Non-football-related side note here. Joe, I've had a gigantic change in my life over the past few weeks. Do you want to know what that is? I would love to. I, I, I have no idea what you're referring to. Yeah. I have cut out gluten from my life. So tomorrow is going to be very interesting, but holy shit, I am a new human being. I'm not even joking. It's been three weeks and I'm a brand new person. It's amazing. You're gonna have to tell me more about this later. The Tom, the the Doctor Tom Christ diet. You just feel better. You're saying you just feel. Uh, Joe, normally I'm falling asleep at this. We're recording at seven thirty, seven forty-five. I'm ready for bed. I, I I slept five hours last night, and I could stay up another five if I needed to. All right, gonna write that down in my notes. No more gluten. Uh, that's not gonna happen. But you can try to convince me. <laughs> Good luck with Thanksgiving tomorrow, man. Um. One more thing before we move on to our next player. Tom, somebody brought up to me that obviously Friday is Black Friday and where the Giants and the Jets play in East Rutherford is next to one of the biggest mall. It's like the new, I, I, the name is slipping me, the huge, massive mall that's over there, whatever the hell it is. So uh, anybody going to that game, I cannot imagine in New York and in New Jersey what the heck the traffic and parking is going to look like. That's going to be a freaking disaster. So good luck to all you East Coast folks going to that Jets game. Have a good time, and good luck with your uh, with your shopping. I'm actually going for a tree on Sunday, Tom, so looking forward to that as well. Good stuff. All right, our next player is Kyron Williams, guy that's been sitting on my IR for quite a while, but he has an ankle injury, or he's hopefully recovered from that ankle injury, and expected back. So what can you tell us about Kyron Williams? He should be back. He practiced full today, and they also – cut Daryl Henderson, then re-signed to their practice squad. So that tells us that uh, Kyron, Kyron's the guy again. And he's had five weeks to, to rehab this high ankle sprain. Now, high ankles can be tricky because when they're more severe, 
that typically leads to a loss of stability between the tibia and the fibula, making the whole ankle joint less stable. And it doesn't always become fully stable again, even with a lot of time off and rehab. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. There's no way for us as fans to know. So from a pure timeline, he should be good. He should be just about 100%. And also, Joe, we don't somehow don't see running backs average a drop-off in fantasy production when they return from this injury. So, yes, there's concern with just purely the nature of the injury. And, I mean, we just saw last week Saquon Barkley aggravated his. Of course, he played really well yesterday. We've seen Jonathan Taylor last year, multiple of the same high ankle sprains. So, re-injury is a concern, but it's not enough of a concern to take Kyron out of your starting lineup this week. He should play really well. Sounds good. That's really helpful. And what I just learned from you is he's had enough time to rest and that this injury coming back from it doesn't really affect you. Listen, Kyron Williams was an RB one for six weeks. His, I mean, he's not the most explosive or best running back in football by any stretch of the imagination, but his usage was unbelievable. You mentioned that they got rid of Daryl Henderson, who as soon, it's funny. As soon as that happened, I dropped him from my teams, and then Schefter tweeted that they signed him to the practice squad. So I tried to sign him again, but he was like on waivers, and I couldn't get him. But listen, he was admirable for the time being. But again, with him being gone, Henderson, that is, that leaves in the Rams' backfield, Kyron Williams, Royce Freeman, who you know how we feel about him, and Zach Evans, who they just absolutely refuse to use. So, Tom, if you say he's healthy, which you did, I'm all in on Williams this week. Plays the Cardinals. Um, you know, should be a competitive game, a higher scoring game. Cardinals ranking 26th against the run this season, letting up about 130, 132 yards per game. So if I have Kyron Williams, I am there's there's not that many options that I would play over him. I think he's a home run play for this week. Another guy, uh, Tom, coming off an injury here is Ramondre Stevenson. Now they just had a bye, right? The Patriots did so. Correct. Okay, it was a back injury, but I'm reading that it's not serious. Why don't you talk to us about the severity of Stevenson's back injury? This is very similar to what Jamar Chase's a couple weeks was, where there's no structural damage. So when that happens, it's usually either the vertebra just kind of getting jammed together, which sounds worse than it is, or the muscle spasming, which also sounds worse than it is. Either way, it typically responds really, really quickly to treatment, like within a week, like we saw with Jamar Chase. And they had the bye week, so Ramondre should be totally good to go. All right, good to hear. RB24 on the year, Ramondre is 12.1 points per game. Last five weeks, now I know Ramondre, because I have him in a lot of places, and I talked about this last week, he hasn't been that guy. He hasn't been a, a difference maker in your fantasy lineup. But look, last five weeks, he's really come on. 15.1 half-point PPR points per game in the last five weeks. That's RB1 numbers. Again, you said he's coming off a bye and that he's okay. I, I'm firing him up. The only concern here, and whenever anything is related to the Giants, it's a concern, even though nice game last week, but that's a side note. The Patriots versus Giants, I don't know if I've seen a total this low. Projected total from Vegas is 33 points. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Like 33 points between two NFL teams. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's that's something to be a little bit nervous about. But listen, Giants are abysmal against the run. They're 29th in the NFL, and, and Stevenson has been good. Tom says his back is not concerning, so I'm looking forward to plugging him in this week. Now, Ken Walker, news has broken in the last 
you know, hour or so that it doesn't look like he's playing DK Metcalf. It looks like is playing, but I'll let you evaluate the Ken Walker injury, Tom oblique, I believe. Yeah. So I put out a Instagram and TikTok video on him a couple of days ago. You can literally see when he's running, he grabs at his left side and that's right when the injury happened. And then he voluntarily goes to the ground. So he was clearly in quite a bit of pain. Um, and it, he's not going to play this week, it looks like. Now, these oblique injuries, they are usually pretty painful at first, but they actually respond pretty quickly and pretty well. So this year alone, we've had Christian McCaffrey and Puka Nakua not miss any time with this type of injury. And we've had Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Jalen Waddle miss a couple weeks, but return and play really, really well. So while the obliques are strong torso muscles that are really involved in rotating the torso, like as in catching, like twisting to catch the ball, but also bracing for impact. We're really not seeing them linger too much after they've healed. And sometimes they can heal pretty quickly. It's just not going to be this week for Walker. Silly question, but this type of injury, I'm guessing it varies, but is this like by like where somebody's like love handles would be? Is it like higher, more on the side? <laughs> like the oblique, all I know is like when I'm doing planks the oblique is like on the side i'm doing like hip dips and it burns my side but like where on the side is this like the, pole or all all of what you just said is correct the whole it's, side is the oblique like the it's whole a, it's a it covers a lot of surface area it's thin but it covers a lot of surface area just look at the video joe just watch our watch our instagram look at the video there it's all in there i, I do watch most of those i don't think i got that i, I caught that one so i'll be Sure to pop over there soon. All right. And Ken Walker, of course, on a short week, they play Thursday night against the 49ers. And next couple games, I mean, I'm excited to see what Zach Charbonnet can do. I mean, congratulations if you got him on waivers and however much fab you might have spent there. I think the upside can be really good with him. He's been a highly touted you know, rookie or player overall. Side note or, or fun fact, he actually has the most touches in the NFL without a touchdown this season, Charbonnet. So I could see that changing. That number's at 72. We'll see. I mean, they do play, you know, if Walker does miss extended time, 49ers this week, which is tough. And then they play your Eagles, Tom, next week, I believe. So tough matchups, but I'm very curious to see what Charbonnet will do with a full workload. I think I saw his Vegas over under hovering around 50 or so. So they're not projected a huge game, but curious to see how he looks same with aaron jones tom a knee injury now he looks like he's also highly unlikely to play what are your thoughts on jones for this week uh, yeah he's not playing another mcl injury this is his fifth mcl injury of his career I, I don't know the breakdown of right and left legs but you could see this very clearly i um i recorded a video and tweeted it out like right when it happened you could see the um his foot kind of got stuck in the ground and his his body kept going and it put a tremendous amount of stress on the inside of his left knee now in the past when he's had mcl injuries he's missed one game two games one game and two games so he's on track to miss one game he follows that pattern um, but in all seriousness most running backs they average missing 3.1 games they see about a 14% drop in their fantasy production the first game back, which isn't a whole lot, but they do see a 21% drop in snap rate. And with Green Bay, they tend to be very conservative with their players coming back from injury. If we remember, Aaron Jones has been out twice this year with injuries. And in the first game back from those injuries, he only played 35% of snaps 
and 36% of snaps. So we're expecting him to miss, obviously, this game, possibly one or two more, and then expect a very reduced snap share whenever he does return. It's possible that he's not relevant in fantasy until like week 14, 15, even 16. So this is definitely a concerning one, especially if you're fighting for that playoff spot. He's not going to be able to help you there, unfortunately. And even the first round or two of the playoffs, it's still going to be kind of sketchy not knowing what his snap share is going to be. Aaron Jones, RB40 on the year, obviously hampered by these injuries, only 10 or so points per game. And looking beyond this season, Tom, I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. He's 28 right now. Aaron Jones is, turns 29 in two weeks. Next season, he'll almost be 30 years old. Is this, I mean, he got picked. I remember debating, man, in like August or whatever, like him or Mixon in the third, fourth round. Do we take him in ETN? Like he wasn't in that elite conversation, but he was up there. Is is this it for Aaron Jones, man? Is this like a sixth, seventh round pick next year? Is this relevant? Is he done? I mean, that's a, that's a, a heavy question, but what do you think, man? He, I don't think he's going to be a RB1 again in fantasy. Um, I actually traded him away in my one of my dynasty leagues in the offseason, just kind of getting ahead of things. But what he, what he has going for him is he's a great pass catcher and he's got a nose for the end zone. Mm. So he'll have a role in fantasy. And he'll definitely have a role in an NFL team for a few more years, but he's probably not going to be an RB1 ever again and borderline like fringe rb2 rb3 next year yeah i I, i'm a little bit more pessimistic just because of his age but i picture him to be like what zeke is this year a backup somewhere even maybe he's still on the packers but the thing is like aj dylan is not that good i mean with jones being out this week yeah aj dylan is gonna get more work i don't think that means you have to just play him Right away. I mean, Emmanuel Wilson is going to get a handful of carries. They play the Lions, who have an elite rushing defense. I mean, they got beat up last week, but that's because it was Justin Fields running the ball on them, and that's a lot different. Um, you know, they still have that elite run defense, and, and I'm worried about them. Like, I'm not going out of my way this week to play Dylan. I don't think you should either. I think, you know, he's a okay flex type of option, but... I don't love him this week because I don't think he's great, and it's a tough matchup as well. Just a little correction there. Wilson is actually on the IR. He got hurt last week too. Oh, he is? Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that. I had no idea. Okay. Um, well, whoever their next <laughs> running back up is, I actually saw a wide receiver. Uh, Jaden Reed had like four or five carries last week too. They're just – Doing some crazy stuff. What happened to him, Tom? He just Wilson. I mean, not that he's relevant in you I know any of this it stuff. Was but... His shoulder. Um, Interesting. Yes, shoulder. All right. So maybe a, a slight, tiny more of a bump to to Dylan, but I don't know. I don't love him this week. I don't think he's RB one, RB two numbers, but probably a low end, safer play. All right. On to some quarterbacks, and the one with with Joe Burrow, man, the wrist injury. It just. It sucks. It sucks for the NFL. He's one of the faces of the league, obviously a franchise type of guy. And before you talk about him, Tom, I, I just admire him, like how he came out to the fans and to the fan base and 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 just not really apologized, but said, listen, he's optimistic. I'm going to be back next year better than ever. But I feel bad because he came off that other major injury as well. But what do you have to say about 
our good guy here, Joey B. It does suck. It's a ligament tear in his wrist. They haven't told us exactly which one. Um, it doesn't really matter because whatever ligament it is, he's going to be done for the season, but he will be ready for week one next year. Most of the, the different ligament repairs, they average like a four to six month rehab uh, before full return to play. And with him being younger, 26, we're not really that concerned for him not fully regaining all his range of motion and strength. That shouldn't be a problem as long as he's on a good rehab program, which I, I get the vibes that he's the type that would be very dedicated to his rehab. So I'm really not concerned there at all for next year, but sucks for this year. And this is obviously a huge downgrade for the entire Cincinnati offense. There is no way to sugarcoat it. This is atrocious for Jamar Chase and for the rest of their offense. Like Jake Browning, I, I, listen, being a quarterback in the NFL is really, really hard. And Jake Browning, I'm sure, is a lovely quarterback and a great person. But like I watched him play a little bit, and it, it's it's bad, man. Like he's like a practice squad guy. Like Jamar Chase. Like before I give my final two cents on it, like. Rest of year, Tom, what, you know, wide receiver rankings without looking at anything, where would you stick Chase? Because you can't put him anywhere near that top two, five anymore. Like, throw a number on it, rest of season. Without looking at any other names, and I am a very much a visual person, Me too, probably yeah. receiver 15-ish. Yeah, I just wrote down like 20. Like, I'm taking, again, I, I need to see the list, but... I, this is absurd. Give me Tank Dell over him the rest of the year. Give me even Puka, who I love so much. Like it's just uh, Chase is still Chase. He's going to be a guy that's looking at you on your team, and it's like, are you ever going to sit Jamar Chase? No, because he could have explosive weeks. But I think there's going to be a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and you know we wish this offense the best. Of course, Joe Burrow, but I think he's going to be sorely, sorely missed there. Um, you know, probably more action for Joe Mixon, I would imagine. Doesn't necessarily mean more production, but probably some more carries for him. Okay, another quarterback. This one should be quick, Tom. Derek Carr, he's still dealing with what? Shoulder concussion. I mean, we talked a lot about him last week, but do you have any updates on him for this week? It's mostly the concussion that was the issue, and he practiced in full today, which tells us he's progressing well through the protocol. We'll keep an eye on him, but as of now, it looks like he should be in line to play this week. Ah. <sighs> You know, it's not progressing then my excitement to watch the game because I have just been waiting for Jameis Winston and I want it to happen so bad. I think they were, oh yeah, they were on a bye last week. Damn it. I just want to see him throw because Michael Thomas, you'll talk about later, he's on the IR now, right? So I just want to see 36 deep balls to Shahid and Olave. <laughs> but Derek Carr, as we know, is just going to dump the ball to Kamara, you know, probably 18 to 20 times. So take that over. All right. <laughs> Next guy up, man. We got uh, about halfway through here. So Geno Smith, he had he, he was an interesting one because I watched a lot of this game and Drew Locke came in for a little bit. It was an elbow, right? Like he came out. I think he came back in. I'll let you talk more about Geno Smith. What it looked like, this is another one that I, I recorded the video and put out a tweet with my thoughts on. Aaron Donald hits him right square in the elbow, and you can see Geno shaking out his hand, like opening and closing his hand. That's a common thing that people do when they have, uh, well, like a nerve gets bopped. In this case, it would be the ulnar nerve, which is like when you hit your funny bone. And it's all tingly and electric-y for a while. That's that's kind of how it looked to me, like what he was doing. And if it's 
if it's um, disrupted enough, it, it can cause some temporary or in the bad case, permanent, but in this case, it was just temporary loss of like muscle strength because the nerve is not supplying the, in this case, it would be the muscles that, that supply the uh, fourth and fifth finger. So that's probably why he missed part of the game, but that, pro- that, that sometimes that'll resolve in a matter of minutes. And then now he's just dealing with the tricep bruise, as they're calling it. So the tri- we all know what the triceps are. We've all done pull-downs in the gym and whatnot. But their role in throwing is to extend the elbow or straighten the elbow. And if you th- think about the finishing position of a throw, the elbow is straight. So some of the power from a throw comes from the tricep. Not a lot because most of it comes from the legs, the torso, but a little bit of the power is going to come from the tricep muscle. So if that is not fully at its full strength, we may see his deep balls fall a little bit short. We may see him not be able to fit him into a tight window as well as he's used to. But overarching, I'm not too concerned. I don't think a lot of people are starting Geno. They might be starting his receivers and running backs. That's fine. He should be good enough to get them the ball. Um, but like I said, you may just see him miss a couple deep shots. He may miss them short um, if he's lacking a little bit of strength. If you're borderline on playing JSN or Lockett, is this deterring you or are you still in to play them? No, I would still play them. Okay. DK is probably a guy you're going to play anyway, even though he hasn't had a great season. And Geno Smith, fantasy-wise, QB 19, only 13.5 points a game this year. Pretty much a, a, a big fall from grace from his awesome year last year. But listen, NFL-wise and real-life-wise, guys doing enough, keeping Seattle afloat. They're 6-4, and four, second in that tough division, the NFC West behind the 49ers, who they play this week on Thanksgiving. So we'll see how this game shapes up. And, and Drew Locke is, is a serviceable backup. You know, he's not... Jake Browning or someone like that, or I was going to say DeVito from the Giants, but again, got to reference that W, Tom. But anyway, you know, Geno Smith, we're hoping that he is fine, and, and Tom is dialing in up, uh, dialing up his receivers for the week. All right. We are thrilled, everybody, to be partnering with SeatGeek. Go and see your favorite team, Fantasy Stars, in action. Use our promo code as always. It's Injury Fantasy. You'll get $20 off your purchase. It works for everything. Once again, guys, SeatGeek.com or just SeatGeek, the app. And our code is InjuryFantasy, and they will give you $20 off. Five players left. This was a big one again. uh, uh, Tom, excuse me. Cooper Cup, ankle injury. But now I'm seeing that he could play this week. What is the word on him? Well, he didn't practice today, so it's very much up in the air at this point. You could literally see his teammates step on him forcing his ankle into what's called an inverted position, which stresses the ligaments on the outside of the ankle. That's one of the common ways these injuries happen. So with this type of injury, it has the potential to impact changing of direction, cutting, planning, and going the other way, which obviously is a big part of route running. So if he does suit up, that could affect him a little bit, but you're not going to not start Cooper Cup, obviously. The re-injury rate's pretty high, about 26% in the medical literature. But again, this guy's so good that it doesn't matter. You're still going to start him if he plays. Uh, and we will keep monitoring to see if he does play or not. Can't say Cooper Cup in his six games this year, unfortunately. I mean, he hasn't played enough, but in the six games he's played, 
only double digit, digit fantasy points in two of them. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, I know he's been knocked out a couple of times, but I think the injuries, of course, have been, you know, they've derailed his season. Puka's been a big thorn in his side. If he isn't able to go, I think I'm going to change my name to Puka Nakua. <laughs> it's going to be Puka, man. He's going to get 12 to 15 targets. But again, Tom, you can't sit Cooper Cup. There's no world where that happens either. And, and he's too good. So hopefully he's good. He's another guy we know is going to work really, really hard to get back out there. So we'll definitely monitor that situation. Um, got four guys left, and they're all big players. Justin Jefferson, we are all dying to see him back. Bad news, I guess, is that the Vikings are on a bye next week in 13. So what do I know? I don't think he's going to play this week. I would rest him till week 14. What do you think, Tom? JJ and his hamstring. That's what all the reports are suggesting. And even we saw him lash out at some people on social media. I saw. Reminding us that he doesn't care about our fantasy team. And and I didn't mind that because I think it's absolutely inappropriate for people to tweet at these athletes with anything negative. That's just absolutely inappropriate. Yep. Um, and like with that week 13 bye, like just give him another week. I love... As a physical therapist, I love when these teams are allowing their players adequate time to heal. Week 14 will have been eight weeks to rehab, and he should be 100% ready to go, picking right back up, scoring 20-plus points most weeks. So if you've held him long enough, you're going to be rewarded, just probably not these next two weeks. My friend actually texted me today, um, well, actually, he actually called me while I'm working. He knows that I was working. He's like, dude, you need to answer right now. And I'm like, no, I don't need to answer right now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's like, should I trade Hopkins and Rashad White for Justin Jefferson? I guess his trade deadline's not up yet. And I said, if you're in a position where you do not need to win these next two weeks, you absolutely will get that. Jefferson. But if you need to win these next two weeks, eh, I don't know. But he said that he was in a spot where he's he should be coasting into the playoffs. So I was like, yeah, dude, go ahead and make that trade. Oh, if that's the case, when JJ comes back, man, and if people don't need to win, they just hold on to him, he is he's going to go off. He's hungry. He's been chomping at the bit to come back. And the Vikings need him. I mean, currently they have a – I think they're barely holding on to a wild card spot right now, but they're 6-5. and five. Dobbs looks solid. Like, I think it's going to be awesome for everyone – unless you're playing him when Justin Jefferson comes back. Okay. Tyreek Hill. I actually didn't even know he was hurt. A hand injury. I saw that he's limited, but tell us about Tyreek for this week. He's going to be fine. He's going to be totally fine. It's not broken or anything like that. He's just, in his words, not going to be able to play Fortnite. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> How silly is that? Uh, when, you're but, the, when you're the wide receiver one and you're averaging almost 22 points a game and you're one of the best in the game, like say whatever you want, Tyreek, go off, man. Yeah, that's a good point. But he's he's great because he's so damn fast and nobody can keep up with him or catch him. That's not going to be affected by hand injury. So he's not going to be affected by this. He's going to be just fine. Start him like you always do. Now... <laughs> Tom, I'm never going to bet against him again. And I still love Bijan, but I'm just thinking back to like the draft. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, Bijan. I don't want Tyreek Hill. He's got to fade eventually. I will never bet against him again. Tom, take two seconds right now, or maybe I'll show you later. Pull up his game log. Just go on ESPN or Yahoo or whatever. Just look at Tyreek Hill's game log. 
it's literally one of the most disturbing things I think I've ever seen in my life, dude. His this year is insane. I don't know what he's on pace for. What did he? What's the record? We talked about this. What's the receiving record in the season? One like thousand nine hundred and sixty-four, I think, from Calvin Johnson. Yeah, it was Calvin and Cooper Cup had that monster year. So right now he's at. I didn't do any of the math, but he's at twelve twenty-two. But my, his game. It's it's crazy. I was looking at it earlier today. It's stupid. 39, 12, 26, like eight's a disappointment. But then after the eight, he went 28, 25, 20, 20. Like it's it's unreal. That's a league winner. I don't like to overuse that term, but my God, that pick is a league winner. He's on all the teams this year. What a lovely transition to a guy who just simply has not been a, a league winner. He's actually been a league loser, T. Higgins. And I feel bad for him because of all these injuries, the hamstring, he's wide receiver 62. Missed the last two weeks, and and before you talk about him, Tom, he might be sliding in for me to the unplayable territory, even if he's healthy, because of his underperformance and also because of no Joe Burrow. But what's your take on T. Higgins going forward? I'm totally with you there. That's in my notes as well. Didn't practice today. Still dealing with that hamstring injury. And let's remember, hamstrings impact receivers more than any other position. And it's simply because... They run the furthest, they run the most, and the hamstring gets most strained at top-end speed, and it takes 30 to 40 yards to get there. Receivers are the only ones that do that on pretty much every play. But just like you're saying, this guy has had two good games all season, and now he lost his superstar quarterback. He's the wide receiver two on his team with a quarterback that's got a – we don't know what he. We don't know what he can do. We don't know what he can do. We got to tape that. Ooh, that. That's that. That's not a bad adjective right there for for what's going to happen in, in Cincinnati going forward. Yeah, but you're right. I'm sitting I'm, him. If I have him and I have any decent option, he's going to be on my bench for for a duration of time, possibly for the rest of the season. I completely agree. All right. Last guy, man, and then I'll let you talk about some of these other ones. This hurts me a lot because I had shares of Mark Andrews everywhere, that stupid hip drop tackle that they say might be outruled or outlawed, whatever, next year. But ankle injury, and I saw maybe an outside chance he plays again this year. I don't know. He's on IR, right? Is he is he done, man? Is, is Andrews done for the year? What do you think? Most likely he's done. So he broke his fibula, and there's ligament damage. The, we know he needs surgery. We don't know what ligaments he needs repaired. If it's it, the mechanism was consistent with the fibular fracture plus a high ankle sprain, which would be the tightrope procedure for the high ankle sprain, but it also could have caused damage to the deltoid ligament, which is on the inside of the ankle. That's that big ligament that Michael Thomas dealt with a few years ago when he had that surgery that kept him out for a while. I, I don't know if for sure if that's what it is with them expecting a quicker time frame for recovery. I doubt that it's the deltoid. It's probably a fibula plus high ankle sprain. So he's probably getting surgery for the fibula and then tightrope for the high ankle. Um, it sucks. I don't expect him to play again this year. So typically with a fibula fracture, you're looking at three to four months or fibula fracture that requires surgery. You're looking at three to four months. Um, at least he's another one that I put out an Instagram video for, um, also he's one that I was, uh, tweeting about when it happened and Joe, there's a lot of funny people on the internet. It's, it's amazing. All I said, I, re I replied to Warren Sharp 
uh, tweet where he said like hip drop tackle or something like that. And my response was, that's a bullshit tackle. It needs to be outlawed. I, I, I might've said a, not much else more than that. Okay. You have no idea how many people replied saying you're a dumbass. You don't know what you're talking about. You clearly never played for all this internet <laughs> shit. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I'm the one with a doctorate. You're not. <laughs> I did play football, so I do know what I'm talking about. It's it's just the internet's a funny place. See the check mark next to his name, everybody? Yeah, what do you got to say about that? You like that? I'm, I'm looking for the tweet right now. When well, this game was... You, you was can this... pay for the check mark, so that doesn't mean much. Oh, you can't? Okay, you're a fraud. Never mind. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the game was what, Thursday? I'm trying to look for this. Thursday. It's got like 200-something impress. I don't know. It's ridiculous. You have some great tw- I'm just I mean I see all your tweets I have your notifications on. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh Schefter tweeted uh running back Devon Achan has a knee injury and is questionable to return. You replied, "Damn it, I just want to watch him run fast and it has like 60 likes." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Funny stuff mixed with uh some good knowledge here. This is good. A lefty you're talking about. Oh my god, you you okay, last one. You replied to a chimp a chimpanzee demonstrating this this is this is an electric Twitter everybody. Get over there right now and uh free promotion for you Tom. At Fantasy Injury T for your daily entertainment needs. What Tom, was the, wait, what was the chimpanzee thing? You replied to someone who tweeted a video of a chimpanzee pressing buttons on a screen or something. With his left hand, and you're like, oh, my God, a left uh, something. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even remember that one, but it sounds like something I would do. Great tweet, man. All, all that glue. That was that might have been uh, before your gluten days when you were, I don't know, a little mentally foggy. <laughs> you're at 3.9 thou- uh, yeah, thousand followers. So you almost have 4K, Tom. Good for you. Keep growing. Keep going. Um, Okay. So going forward here and, and just concluding on Andrew's. Again, not the campaign we were looking for. I think he's, yeah, he's tight end four right now, 11 points a game. Like, not that game changer, but again, this obviously hurts. And if you could get likely, I got I got him for $0 in my league. I don't understand how it might be recency bias because even when Andrews went down, I don't even think he had a catch. But in the past, likely's been a guy that's been a contributor in real life and in fantasy. Like, he's open all the time. Lamar Jackson has his trust or he has Lamar Jackson's trust like fully and he joins an offense that needs passing weapons. So I would check right now as you're listening, see if likely's out there. I think he's startable this week. Unfortunately, the Ravens are on a bye next week. So I had to pick up him uh, likely and I picked up Johnny Smith. So God bless me at the tight end position for the rest of the year. But that is unfortunate with Mark Andrews being down. Um, Pop quiz. Where did Isaiah likely go to college? Coastal Carolina. I knew it. it. Who, by the way, got embarrassed this past week by Army. They did. Oh, I was there front and center at West Point, which is a beautiful campus, by the way. And Army beat us 28 to 21. Joe, guess how many passing yards Army had? Uh, At one point, I saw it was late in the game. They were 0 for 2. So I'm just going to guess zero. That is correct. Zero passing yards. Yeah. Yes. You know what's coming. These boys, these big, thick, strong. Uh, I can't believe I just said that, but these big, thick, strong white boys just pass. The Army actually gets three or four yards on every single play. I don't think they went backwards one time. It's just an unbelievable high school offense. And it's sad. The Coastal Carolina couldn't beat them. You know, you, these are things you just don't like to see. 
uh, and before Tom cuts me off, let's transition here and go to any other players who were monitoring. Got a nice list, Tom, but I'll let you talk about anybody else around the league that you're kind of checking in on for injuries this week. Yeah, maybe off air we can talk about Mammoth's football program. What a joke. All right, uh, I got to go to bed after the show as soon as it's over. Sorry, got nothing to say. So we got Dante Foreman, who, who um, they're listing it as just an ankle, but if you watch the video, Aiden Hutchinson lands on him from the outside, forcing his leg inwards. That's a common mechanism for a high ankle sprain. Didn't practice today, and he's been pretty good, but even if he plays, they're going to reduce his reps with this injury. We've got Khalil Herbert coming back on, who played again last week. They want to get Roshan going. I just don't think this is the week for Foreman if he plays, um, but I don't even know if he's going to play because he didn't practice today. Damian Pierce, full practice after missing a couple games with that ankle sprain. He's just not that great this year. I don't think it's worth starting him, even though he's full practice on Wednesday, should be fully good to go. I know that offense is starting to really pick it up, but Singletary is fitting that offense very well. I think they keep feeding him. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. didn't practice with a shoulder injury. Again, upper body injury. If he does go out and play, if it is healed enough that he can raise his arms high as he needs to to catch the ball, he can take some impact. It's not going to impact his production because it's not going to impact his ability to get open and to run after the catch. Your guy, Noah Brown, did not practice. <laughs> he, he missed last week with that knee injury, still affecting him. If he plays, I don't recommend starting him simply because he's had like two good games his entire career. And this type of knee injury could kind of slow him down a little bit, even if he is able to play through it. Uh, your guy again, Darius Slayton, did not practice. Originally, this was reported as an arm injury. Now it's being reported as a neck injury. I don't want to speculate too much, but sometimes what happens is a neck injury it is actually felt as arm pain before it's felt as, as neck pain. That's usually when there's some nerve involvement, which it sounds worse than it often is. It's often not a terrible thing. Or it could be something called a facet dysfunction where the vertebra and the cervical spine kind of get jammed together, and that can refer into the shoulder, not really down to the arm, but into the shoulder. So that would be my first guesses of what's going on, but I don't know for certain yet. But either way, he's not super fantasy relevant at this point. And neither is Mikael Hardman, who did not practice with a thumb sprain. I'm not going to dive into that too much because nobody's starting him. And Michael Thomas is on the IR with an unspecified knee injury. They say it doesn't need surgery, but they're not telling us anything more than that. He's totally droppable in redraft. All right. A lovely, there. there's that word again, a lovely wrap-up, Tom. So thank you for that. Well done. Let's move on. Got a couple things left to do. Let's go to our sleeper picks. And just a reminder for our listeners out there, we are teaming up with our friends at Sleeper. Go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. They will match $100 or up to $100 for you. Once again, sleeper.com slash promo slash fit for a $100 match. I'll start us off. I went with Trey McBride last week. I doubled up. I uh, took him the week prior and hit took him last week. Just missed it, man. His usage usage was awesome. He had a ton of targets, but I think I lost by a handful of yards. So I'm having a tough go at this. I'm four and seven. Very, very, very confident in what I'm going to do this week. 
And last week was the first time I did something. I doubled up, went back to back. So this week is going to be the first time I do something else, and I'm finally doing it. it took until week 12. Tom, can you guess what I'm going to do? He's going to take an under. It's about time. I'm sick of rooting for overs and getting disappointed and getting heartbroken. And I'm sick of this player who I'm going to talk about. It's Jahan Dotson. I'm over him. I, I, I think that he is a fantastic talent and he's really good at football. And I watched him at Penn State and, and he was he was ridiculous, but he just stinks this year. So I'm taking not his yardage. I'm taking the under on him for catches, and it's so low already. I don't care. Lock in Jahan Dotson under three and a half catches for this week. He plays Dallas. They're second in passing yards allowed. I think Dallas is going to be all over Sam Howell and this offense. They're going to have to get the ball out quick. I think a lot of dump downs to or dump offs to Brian Roberts uh, Robinson. I think Terry McLaurin gets involved. Dotson's had two games this year where he didn't even have three targets. He disappears. He's going to disappear in this game. I'm taking absolutely. I'm legitimately betting good money on this. <laughs> Jahan Dotson under three and a half catches. This is going to be the week that 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 the under is, is the thing to do, Tom. I had another under as well, but this is the one I feel good about. What do you got? Well, I'm six and five on the year, and I am going to extend that to seven and five by taking Jalen Warren over 46.5 yards. They play the Bengals who allow the fifth most rushing yards and obviously just lost Joe Burrow. So I'm expecting Pittsburgh to actually be ahead in this game and needing to run the clock out on the year. Najee Harris, 499 rushing yards. Jalen Warren is right behind him. 493 rushing yards. Here's the difference. Najee's averaging 3.9 a carry. Guess what Warren's averaging? I am a Jalen Warren truther. He's got to be above five yards a carry, or he's up there. 6.2. Holy shit. So yep. He's efficient, and I'm expecting them to need to run the ball because without Burrow, I think the Steelers are going to be ahead, and the Bengals' weakness is their run defense. Jalen Warren is going to go well over 46 and a half. Well said. I love Jalen Warren. I had two bold predictions at the beginning of the year. One I whiffed on. One I said ETM was going to be terrible. He's crushing me right now. But the other one was that, remember, Tom, said Jalen Warren is going to surpass Najee Harris. And I don't know how bold that was because it did start to come on a lot, and I heard it all, everywhere. But I love Jalen Warren. And, Tom, I think you do go to 7-5 and five this week. All righty. It's time for a quick briefing of the Vampire Diaries. Another week, Tom. Another win, baby. We move to eight and three. Eight and three. Let's go. I think we're on our way as of now. Knock on wood to a round one playoff bye. We'll see. Now, I played James last week. He sat a lot of his guys. I wanted CMC, but he sat him. So who would you pick between Jalen Tough, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Tank Dell? Those are the guys I could have stole. Uh, I would probably take Devontae because he's starting to come on. He is. I took Tank Dell, though, because he's he's been crazy. His game log recently is awesome. I wanted to take Waddle just because of the name, but he hasn't been good. But it was a tough one. But I took Tank Dell. Got a really, really good matchup this week against Devin. I'm projected to lose. one. His team is awesome, too. 114 to 110. If I win this week, I would be targeting Kelsey or JT. I have an okay tight end. I have a... 
holy crap, the name uh, the Bills freaking tight end. Uh, I want to say uh, I'm absolutely Kincaid. Kincaid, yeah. I'm like I want to say Dawson, Dawson Knox, but yeah, that's what I got right now. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Finally, our trivia, and Tom got this right last week as we were heading off the air. Last week, the answer was Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Brett Favre for the top three. Now we got a Thanksgiving question at Thanksgiving football, ladies and gentlemen. Who are the two players who are tied, they're tied at 18, with having the most all-time passing touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day? So once again, there's two quarterbacks tied with 18 for most touchdowns historically total on NFL day. So we'd love to hear your answers. Tweet at us, tweet at Tom at injury underscore fantasy. That's our Twitter. And thank you guys, Tom, what are you doing tomorrow for Thanksgiving? I will be going to my cousin's aunt and uncle's house at four and uh, just eating. I guess it's going to be interesting to figure out what I can and can't eat now. That's uh you're going to be one of those people, man. Excuse me. Uh, what has gluten in it here? And what are you going to yeah. bring your own stuff? Like, no, I'm not bringing my own stuff. I mean, I can eat meat. Meat's fine. Potatoes are fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You're going to have to send me updates to your plate tomorrow, but <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to anybody out there and everybody out there. We really appreciate you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next week on the fantasy injury team podcast. Thank you.